The arrival of the trillionaire. Well, it was hardly going to be a subtle statement, thought Pendleton. But the super-yacht that entered into the Grand Harbour, Malta, was, to say the least, pretty obscene. It was a bloated piece of opulence that weighed in at 20,000 tonnes and measured out to 600 feet in length. Its 85 crew were all female, and they lined the gunrail in somewhat obscene statuesque beauty. A most divine design, thought Pendleton. Not even Michelangelo Bellini could have painted or carved anything so dreamy. Their immaculate white uniforms gave them the air of something angelic and celestial, added to which the backdrop of a super-white yacht, and Pendleton thought he was definitely gliding up a passerelle towards heaven. Once aboard, he realised the enormity of the vessel. There wasn't the slightest murmur or movement. In fact, uh, eerie silence, as though he'd entered into a vacuum-sealed bell jar. But Pendleton wasn't impressed with wealth. In fact, he had an aversion towards it. He usually found out that anyone that purveyed such pretension and pomposity usually lacked, shall we say, spirit and personality. Doubtless, he thought, at the end of this well, celestial rainbow, there'd be another king wearing a crown sat on a golden pot, with servants ready to polish his privileged posterior. Pendleton found the mammalian primate species to which he belonged very annoying. In fact, he looked upon it as a mistake of mortality. This orb arboreal adaption come contraption basically was a chimpanzee, which had enough testosterone to power a psychopathic elephant, and inside its brain it had a reptilian dinosaur brainstem to control it. No, this was a creationist catastrophe of Pendleton, and he had no intention of meeting his maker, who seemed complicit in, shall we say, contributing to the vicarious redemption of his crucified son added to which two-thirds of all humanity now seem to, shall we say, sport the God's head of supremacy inside carried the sacred schizophrenia of this very dangerous Abrahamic apartheid, which he'd come to actually... Well, it was one of the things he intended to discuss, the almost satanic savagery of um, of the sapien. But he did have hope of, uh, shall we say, training his fellow species into an empathetical emancipation. But he needed the help of this, well, subtle trillionaire. Pendleton was a genius with computers. And he, well, he was intent on, shall we say, reshaping things with the aid and abetment of a silicon saviour, God Google. Hopefully before his homo sapien species destroyed 
with its shamanic stupidity, the Garden of Eden that he was living in. But it was touch and go. They hadn't got much time and, uh, well, hopefully the person he'd come to see would be as fanatical about his plan of a takeover technology as he was. Pendleton was shown into the super yacht's grand salon. There it seemed to have a, shall we say, somewhat of a sun pavilion where iridescent coloured light sunlight was descending into well an angel's descent giving yet more celestial shall we say colour to the figure that now walked quickly towards him as though he be well as though he be his relative or long-lost brother he embraced pendleton and kissed him on both cheeks ah oh, at last at last my dear beautiful saviour you've arrived i beg your pardon saviour what uh, have we met before oh yes it was a long time ago but uh, you you obviously don't remember but i have changed somewhat in appearance obviously but um we have met. It was at um, school, you know, school, Eton. Briefly, I was there on second. Oh, well, I don't recall. Or, um, well, I have actually sort of had a bit of a makeover, shall we say. I see you. Well, looking round here, you've obviously got a shilling or two to spend, I suppose. You afford the... The best plastic surgeons money can buy. They've obviously done a perfect job. No scarification or anything. Oh, no, nothing like that. No. Anyhow, uh, well, as I say, when when I was a schoolboy, you were the one that actually, um, well, rescued me from a, what was going to be a quite a savage beating. Did I? So, what were you? Were you sort of, which, which house were you in? And were you a wet bob or a dry bob? Which... Did, you, did we meet at the one of the clubs or no 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 it was uh, you rescued me from what was going to be a savage beaching by your own friends and things it was a bit of gallant uh, behavior i must admit in fact so gallant uh, that you were ostracized by them and uh, well you ostracized them as well and you couldn't care less whether you well you never did really particularly uh, sort of befriend them ever again right I do now. It's coming back to me, yes. But, um, um, but you, I still can't place you. No, as I say, it's a bit of a, I've had a bit of a makeover. But we'll talk about that. It's. Uh, but can you remember what you said at that confrontation? You know, can you remember as yeah, well? Did I say that um, the truth should never be the casualty of a, any confrontation? Yes, that was it. The truth, you see. You put the truth before everything. That's why That's why I really were here, because I, I checked all your background and, and DNA and every single thing right down to... And suddenly, it was you, and I hadn't seen you for so long, so I thought we'd give you the... Well, give you the benefit of the doubt, and hopefully you've continued along the lines that you showed then. Because I certainly, you so intrigued me that I've actually lived my life by that. I know it probably doesn't look as I have because of this almost megalomania that befell me. But 
I have lived it by the truth. And, uh, right. So, Eton. Yes. So that's that's really why I'm here. You've mm, Well, one of the reasons, but I've also looked over your plans and um, I must say I'm, I'm pretty impressed with what... Um, what um, what you're saying? We uh, we do need to, you know, rescue the world before uh, before um, well before our fellow human beings destroy the thing and burn it to scorched earth, this Garden of Eden, to into uh, into ash, as it were. Yes. Uh, good. Well, yes. But please, come on, sit down. Let's talk. And uh, if you don't mind me saying. I now have a sort of a little bit of a remembrance, but were you not quite dark in colour when I rescued you? You're 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 from you're you're a Ch- you were Chilean. You still are, obviously, but your family were a, a sort of a dark in a bit. That's true, and this is another thing that um, you know. So this angelic, well, and most of the crew were also uh, a lot of those were. Uh, varying colours, and they are well. They're all angelic, and uh, uh, you know, and Nordic in appearance. Yes, yes, but they weren't when they joined me. I can assure you that. Really? So what? What have you? Have you? Uh, what do you do? Give them a skin bleach each day or something, and a little Michael Jackson sort of thing, or what are you doing? No, 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 nothing like that. I'll explain. It's all to do with, uh, you know, the new uh, messenger viruses and things that we've been tinkering with, shall we say. You see, I, as you can see, uh, well, seemingly I'm the richest man in the world. I'm obviously not short of a doubloon or two. And, um, well, I can engage myself, shall we say, in uh, futuristic fantasia. I see. So... Have you done something, shall we say, quite creative with your your own genome, DNA, as it were? Mm, sort of. It's, uh, yeah, I think you better explain, because are you telling me then that all this crew that's here, yes, are the melanin that has been altered in slightly, well, quite considerably in most cases, but... Uh, Right. Uh, well, I don't understand, but go on. Um, how... Well, you called me. You go first. Well, I didn't actually call you. This was sort of, shall we say, ordained by someone else. Not you. No. Someone works for you? No. No, a higher ordination, as it were. A higher entity. Oh, no, please. Please don't tell me. I'm here to sort of... If you're a spiritual type of guru that belongs to some sacred sect, then we're not going to get along, I can assure you. And I don't want to join. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Not in the slightest. Uh, In fact, I'm very similar to you. I'm almost an anti-theist and and, uh, complete atheist. Right, good. If you don't mind me saying, you, you look very, very young to say that we met at school. In fact, you look so incredibly young that... How old... How old are your cells at the moment? If you've... You've altered them, obviously, somehow, which we're going to find out how. Yes, well, they've altered me. 
And um, and what age are you at now, uh, roughly? I know, we're all 21. Right. You sure? Mm, as far as we know. I mean, obviously, I'm not. Obviously, I'm 59 years of age, same age as you. But... So, uh, so, you're t you're telling me that everyone here is the the entire crew and everything is twenty one years of age. That seems to be the ideal um, sort of age for the supercell that we've created. I see a supercell. Right. I thought this was going to be fairly simple, but obviously not. So, how's this happened? How have you? Well. As you can see, and as you've no doubt researched, I own virtually everything. But the main thing, the main reason that I've done this, the main reason I've become such a multi, multi megalomaniac, in a sense, is to get my hands on all the technology. I needed the computers, you see, all the supercomputers. I needed them aligned to do what we have got to do, right? So have you discovered then, obviously, the uh, the meaning of life and the uh, holy grail of immortality then? Not quite. But you're 21 years of age, and so is all your crew. Yes. And will I be? Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's it come. It's found us, you see. I don't know whether it's going to jump on us. I don't know whether there's going to be a pandemic or anything. I don't think it is. It's just that, um, well, there we have it. It's... Uh, altered uh, my DNA right I don't really understand I don't quite get this at all cause I... so you were, you've got all the supercomputers yes yes and uh, I needed them we've got to uh, we've got to we don't have any time to lose and of course we've as you've seen with the pandemics that we are now able to quickly come up with uh, shall we say a new mRNA virus? Uh, well, messenger to to uh, to quickly resolve cancers and uh, and obviously uh, COVIDs and all this sort of different thing and uh, and well before obviously let's get back on track before our sort of mischievous mortal destroys everything and itself in this Garden of Eden, we we're going to have to get moving rather quickly because it's basically I've looked at the computers and the computers are spat out we we we've virtually have a decade uh, to to arrest what they're doing in a sense so these supercomputers and what have you been doing with them well we haven't been doing anything we've let them run we've given them their six degrees of separation from us their freedom and they themselves have been enormous in competition and and sort of cooperation with each other, and they, they've come up with everything. As you know, through your own experience, there's billions of increments they do each minute. What would take us a thousand years, they do each minute. So many of them now, and... Uh, well, it, it's, it's come to our attention that um, they're also... I don't know how, but... You remember Immanuel Kant, of course, do you? Yes. You remember what he said, he had this uh, almost, he called it synchronicity. That alarming substance of, shall we say, coincidence that came, comes together and, uh, well, aligns and uh, 
Well, these supercomputers of ours seem to create the perfect situation or environment for this to happen. Almost a, they create a, a singularity of alignment where the synchronicity can happen. It's almost spiritual, or it seems rather spiritual, I see. I see. But I've not really explained. Well, you've not particularly had much to do with these computers. I mean, they, they do cost a, a billion pounds each, so you're hardly going to get your hands on one. But you will, and this is where, you know... So you're definitely not a sect or anything, because I don't want to be, uh, you know, I don't want to be joining your crew if you're... No, no, no. No, no, no. And, uh, you know, I'm similar to you. I do really want to shine a window of hope, a light of hope into this incredible darkness of um, the silliness and savageness that um, our Homo sapien is involved in. I want us to uh, combat that together. So, with our computers and uh, this and that, uh, immunisation, we can hopefully you know, bring about a complete change and make up good. So, how then did you, how did you alter your own DNA, as it were? Or how did the supercomputers come up with the necessary code? Ah, well, that, that's incredible, because that's the thing I'm talking about. They came up with uh, this, this all on their own, and... Um, and is it everlasting? Well, we don't know. But it does rejuvenate. It's, uh, we do have a, a perpetuating particle type of thing, a, a supercell that rejuvenates. And what we set the task for these uh, supercomputers to do was to, as you know, in space, our feeble flesh disintegrates and decays quite rapidly. In fact, after six months in the space station, as you know, they stretch it out uh, absolutely near, near to death due to lack of gravity and also... Well, you know what happens, and uh, well, before you sits the guinea pig that uh, you know uh, well is trying out the, uh, the the supercell for that reason. NASA wanted it, and uh, we set the computers against each other, and uh, eventually they did actually come up with this. So, this perpetuating pleasure particle or Genesis gene that you've put together is uh, is obviously. Um, well, it's obviously working, you're getting younger, but does it stabilise? Because, as you know, with cloning and all these sorts of things, Dolly the Sheep, they sort of also disintegrate rather rapidly. Yes. Well, yes, it seems to, you know, the gene is not fraying, as it were, and it's almost like trying on a brand new pair of Levi's, just as the day you bought them. Well, fantastic. Well, they will be pleased at Woodstock, won't they? You can join, well... Introduce this to heavy, every single hippie commune. They'll love it. Mm, yes. And also the, shall we say, the changing of colour. Uh, I suppose it changes gender, does it? That we don't know. But uh, And what about fam familiar, uh, you know, so, well, anyway. Um, so basically, what have they, but how have they done it? Well, that's it. Well, what they did is... Um, is reconstruct the DNA that we've obviously been throwing away, the junk DNA, the junk RNA and DNA of our own, our, our own uh, double helix that we, we've never even paid any attention to because we're so sort of um, so mesmerised with our own mortality that we've never got away from the double helix, thanks to Crick and Watson. We, we've chipped the rest of the DNA, uh, junk DNA in the bin, basically. And, uh, well... The supercomputers have found a necessary code of, well, it seems this 
is really w w approaching where we should have been. Uh, you know, it's taken millions of years of evolution, as you know, to get to this chimpanzee stage, and we're still 99.5% um, chimp, which we we really shouldn't have been. There was obviously a pedigree panspermiation that did land four and a half billion years on, ago on this planet, and, uh, well, we've been obsessed with marvelling at our own mammalian species. We forgot to... Uh, to have a look at what was going on, properly have a look at what was going on. Anyway, the computers have uh, got close to where we should be, and um, right, and and this is it. This is where we're going, is it? Seems that way. As you know, um, it's all about melanin anyway, not just neural mel melanin, but and colour and everything. But from a, a catastrophe of cosmic catastrophe of planets colliding, the and also nuclear shall we say, Chernobyl and things, that you know that the first ever, ever sort of life that's born from that is is uh, the black mould, obviously, that comes back on the space stations and things, is, is mainly, as you, as you realise, uh, a form of acid, similar to LSD. Right. So you're not going to tell me that uh, we're all going to be turning into some sort of monkey that's munching through... Uh, magic mushrooms constantly to keep ourselves startlingly uh, Anglo-Saxon white or something. Oh, no, 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 no. But it's obviously, it, it does uh, uh, open the infinite monkey cage and uh, allow us to move across to the sapien soul, uh, sort of uh, sage cage, as it were. Good. Well, it's, it's been a good start, and... Um, you're the living embodiment of obviously what supercomputers can do, and uh, left to their own deviant devices, they they come up with all sorts. And is there any sort of side effects to this Frankenstein formation that you've created? Doesn't seem so at the moment. Apart from the odd thing, like your appendix and your certain things wake up, you you become you're able to eat virtually any sort of fodder, as it were, uh, not meat, of course, but but you become a total. Um, uh, herbivore, oh. uh, appendix and and tonsils and all that sort of um, begin to work again. But the main, main thing we've found, which is what I'm coming to, the most impressive thing, obviously, is the decalcification of your pineal gland in the in your, in inside your brain. It's um, which has always been a bit of a m misnomer, uh, the third eye, as it were, as Descartes, René Descartes said, it's where the soul sleeps, but. Well, we we don't know about that. But anyway, it does all sort of decalcify that. And that's why you will have probably been dream-timing me and me dream-timing you during the night. Because I think um, we're almost twinned in uh, sentience and uh, sense, as it were. Um, because we found that with this uh, sort of massive decalcification, it also... As you realise, it's right where the blood-brain barrier meets, and most most of everything flows flows over it. But also now that it's uh, awoken, uh, shall we say, the third IB is open. Uh, that uh, we found that the synaptic spark is incredible, and um, and this offers what? Well, sort of almost a a sort of an ESP understanding between each other without um, without being too coy 
I have a signal and you have a signal and we seem to be tuning in, as it were. And uh, I think what's, what's happening is obviously the cosmic microwave background somehow is being channeled or parts of something is being channeled. So you've become sort of a radio receiver or something, an unplugged TV or something. Well, possibly some sort of star, star static is is uh, entwining us together, shall we say. And, uh, well, you know how many trillions and trillions of tons of the Big Bang cosmic uh, background stuff's there. It's uh, masses and masses of... Anyway, you you seem to be tuning in on the same wavelength as what I am, and um, the supercoms, well, they're picking up on it also, and uh, it's become quite a, a continuum, as it were as it is from the Big Bang. I mean, it's been a continuum now for 13 and a half billion years, but we've not really been completely in, involved. So, so so, don't tell me then that you're, shall we say, transmitting this back to the mothership, as it were. No, 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 no. But as uh, Kant and Descartes hinted at, it does have a sort of spiritual mystic intrigue to me that um, shall we say everything seems to be linking in a, a signal type of singularity right uh, it seems quite bad is it binary what you're getting or what you're feeling no 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 not at all right so how are the computers well I don't know this is the thing this seems to be a line more than just what we think the synchronicity and the singularity is very, very strange. And what else have you found? Well, that's another alarming thing. Do you remember the star of Bethlehem? Oh, God, here we go. What did I say at the beginning of this conversation? I don't want to be joining any sort of Abrahamic apartheid or... I don't... sect of any sort. No, 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 it's, it's not that, but I have to bring this on because... As you realise, we can now track forward and backwards on the mapping of, uh, shall we say, the our galaxy in a sense. And um, we've had a look back and we're finding that... Um, remember the comet that uh, was probably one of the biggest hyperbolic comets ever seen that hung in the sky for quite some time, several days as it were in 44 BC. Well we've we've had the computers track back and that is also part of this equation. The comet that was there um, has relevance to this, right? How? Well as you know, it was called the Caesar star. Everybody thought it was the soul of Caesar because he'd been murdered at that time, around 44 BC exactly. And, uh, and but go on. Well, the supercoms, as you know, can track forward too. And it seems that, um, well, everything is aligning again for this thing to, well, it's on its way back, basically. And it is sending a signal not via you, surely. Well, it's so faint with me. I mean, I do dream time this. There is something. But the computers and 
everything points to this thing arriving back, which is very, very unusual, as you must realise. So the alignment of everything and this junk DNA and the supercell and the Genesis gene, do you think this is something to do with it? Well, that's the thing. We were looking at the computers and we suddenly found out that the code for all alignment of the um, junk DNA, which is in me and also in my crew, of course, is is not just a coincidence. Or it's, well, what are you saying? Well, the digitalization of all DNA on the planet, as you know, we've been obsessed with it to such a point for decades and decades that we've analysed every single thing, every soil sample, every every core sample that's ever been taken. And let's face it, the Earth is now like some Swiss cheese with the amount of stuff that we've pulled out of it, mainly for shale gas and oil exploration and everything. Go on, but what? Well, it seems that we... One of the core samples that, under the permafrost in Russia, found a, a deposit of something that was pure from... Millions and millions of years ago. Billions of years ago, or whether we just don't know yet. But we can only go back so far a million years or something, can't we, in DNA? It's not DNA. It's not RNA or DNA. It's, it seems to be some sort of almost compressed... Is it biological? No. So what is it? Well, all we can call it is a, an ETRNA at the moment. What, an extraterrestrial RNA? Yeah, but it's not an RNA. It's Is it protein? We No. Is it alive? I don't think so. Is it dead? It's just... It sends out a code similar to quartz, you know, like a digital watch. But, it, but more so, more, much more than that. Much more than that. So... So what is it? We don't know. But you do realise that the comet was at probably the, the same time as what... You're not going to tell me that this is some sort of second coming, are you, of God Google or... Jesus Christ, you are. Exactly, Jesus Christ. We don't understand... It's like some sort of reenactment of a digitalized deity. We don't know how it's happening, but the singularity and the synchronization and synchronicity of everything is aligning to this point digitally. Oh my God. Exactly. So much for our, shall we say, atheism, eh?